You're listening to True Story, a night of true tales told to friends. This story was recorded live at a True Story party in April 2012 in the San Francisco Bay Area. The theme for the night was confrontation. It was the winter of 2009, and I found out that one of my favorite filmmakers was coming into town to teach me and my cohorts at Stanford a class. It was Werner Herzog. Raise your hands if you know who Werner Herzog is. All right, the first film I ever saw that Werner Herzog was a part of was this film called A Burden of Dreams. He didn't make this movie. He was in the movie. And my favorite quote that Werner Herzog says in the movie Burden of Dreams is, The birds, they are not singing. They are screaming in agony. So that might give you a little bit of a sense of the character that Werner Herzog is. He means a lot to me as a filmmaker. He is an adventurer. He does this thing that I thought was really interesting. You know, I started doing a little bit of research when I found out that he was coming into town. I didn't know that much about him. I'd seen Grizzly Man. I'd seen a, a, I watched Burden of Dreams. But I researched a little bit about him, and it turns out that this guy spends a lot of time traveling on foot. And I thought that was so romantic. He travels on foot. He, uh, I, I read a story about how he once walked from Germany to Spain <laughs> just because he could. And I feel like he gets his inspiration from traveling on foot. Um, so I decided that I was going to get a pack ready. I had backpacked a little bit when I was a child, a kid, in Boy Scouts. I was in Boy Scouts, and I'd done some backpacking, but I always borrowed the packs. I had, like, a water filter from a friend, etc. And I was going to, like, get my whole pack together. So I went online. I bought a tent. I bought a sleeping bag. I bought a camp stove, a water filter, all the things that you need when you're traveling, you know, when you're going backpacking some clothes that were appropriate for the event. And I was like almost ready. All I needed was one more thing. I just needed a pack. I went on Craigslist and I got an affordable pack. It was a North Face pack. I, I, I looked up the ad. I called the girl. She was in Berkeley. And I traveled there, checked out the pack. I put all my gear that I had just purchased in that pack. And I was like, this is it. You know, it's a, a 85 liter pack, like one of the ones that you can like travel around the world with. It's really big. I, you know, I gave her my, my money. And that night I went off to the city where I was hanging out with my friend Andrew. And we went to a club that night. I parked at Bush and Van Ness. I was drinking with my friends, hanging out with some people from college. And uh, Andrew needed a ride home. So I took Andrew back to my car and we were approaching my car and I saw glass by my car. And I was like, oh shit. And I walked up to my car and somebody had bashed in my car uh, window, the back door and stolen my pack. I had put all the gear in the pack so that I could get the weight right. 
And basically my whole like dream of traveling was gone in that moment. There was another pack in the car too, which was my day pack. It had my passport checkbook. It had like a headlamp, papers that were important to me, you know, all the stuff that I carry with me all the time. And I just felt so stupid because man, I left it in plain sight in my back seat in the tenderloin. Terrible. But I had Herzog in my head. <laughs> I filed a police report. And the next day, I traveled back to San Francisco. I left my car at home because the window was busted. And I began to travel on foot through San Francisco, trying to recover my stolen objects. <laughs> And I went all over town and I met people and I learned there was a black market at, at the Civic Center, at the Civic Center BART station. Um, black market of stolen objects. <laughs> now this market has moved to Mission, the Mission BART Center. I don't know if you guys are familiar of it, with it, but like that's where shit gets purchased now. Um, but at the time it was at the civic center and this, this whole day, you know, I went to Bush and Venice and I became like a little private eye. I went into the stores nearby and said, is there a camera here? Is there anyone that might know where my stuff went? I was so angry that somebody had like stolen my stuff, my whole pack, my dream of traveling. I was about to, you know, I traveled to the Civic Center BART station and I was kind of about to give up. I had been walking around. And then I saw this guy who was carrying a Timbuktu pack that was identical to the one that had been stolen. It had the same strap. It had the same wear on the bottom. It just, it had to be it. Let me backtrack really quick back to the Bastion car, there was one object that had not been taken. It was a red Swiss Army pocket knife. <laughs> Moving forward, we're at the Civic Center. This guy has the pack. I'm like, what do I do now? I found him. I found the thief. What else would I do? I called the cops. And I'm like... You know, I never expected the cops would actually, like, answer my call. But, they, <laughs> but five minutes later, there was a guy in a patrol car who drove up and said, what, what's the problem, sir? And I said, you know, this guy over here, he, uh, he stole my backpack. Well, how do you know? I'm like, well, the markings are all the same. He's like, okay, well... Um, then I, I'll, I'll confiscate his pack. I was like, good. You know, he's going to, I'm going to get justice. And he, um, he was a black guy. He was heavy set. He, uh, he had stolen my pack. So I felt vindicated. And they took the pack over to the cop, over to the cop car. They started taking contents out of the pack. This guy was trying to make a buck. He, he was selling some pornography. He was selling some, uh, some electronics, some trinkets. 
And I just kept trying to get close to the pack because I knew that there was this one thing that made it my pack. And it was the stitching that I had repaired. I had like repaired the pack, right? But I couldn't quite see it. He'd emptied out the entire pack and he handed it to me. And I tried to find the stitching that I had done. I like looked all over the pack and the stitching wasn't there. It was worn out in the same way that I had worn it, but he hadn't repaired the pack the way I, I had. And I knew that it wasn't my pack and I had wrongfully accused this guy. And a couple of um, black women were sitting at the bus stop next to me, looking at me with disdain. Like, how could you have, you know, accused, wrongfully accused this guy? And I felt terrible. And as, as uh, the scene sort of came to an end, the cop went up to the guy and he patted the guy down. And I reached into my pocket and I held the red pocket knife, red Swiss Army pocket knife. And at the same time, he pulled out a red Swiss, pocket, Swiss Army knife from the man's pocket. And at that moment, I was like, oh my God, you've been stripped of everything that you own and I've been stripped of everything that I own too. And I, I tried to get out of that situation as fast as I could. I was totally in the dumps. You know, my dream of traveling by foot had been, had been crushed. My stuff was stolen. I'd wrongfully accused this guy. And I was ready to sort of hit the books because I was in school and I really needed to study and not be focused on traveling. The next day, there was a double feature. Herzog was playing a double feature of a film called Rescue Dawn with a film called Grizzly Man. And afterwards, there was a reception. There was an exclusive reception with the filmmakers in the program. And I was really excited to finally meet my mentor or my, uh, my inspiration. And the films played. There was a nice Q&A. Afterwards, there was a reception. And everyone started asking him these academic questions like, what do you think of the ethics of uh, telling, having a, a documentary subject that is authentic? And what do you think the ethics of telling all the true elements of a story? And I felt like that wasn't really what Herzog was about, you know? I wanted to ask him a real question that like kind of got to the guts of what this guy was about. So I went up to him and as the conversation died down, I shook his hand and I introduced myself and I said, what do you bring when you travel on foot? He said to me, you know, I, I don't bring much. I, I bring a small knapsack but I bring two very important items. I bring surgical tools and a pair of fine binoculars. <laughs> and I said, what? Like you don't bring a tent and a sleeping bag and a camping stove and clothes and food? And he's like, no, all you need is a pair of fine binoculars and surgical tools. I was like, what? For what? Why? And he said, the surgical tools are to unlock the locks and the binoculars are to see if the houses 
are occupied. <laughs> and I was like, so you, you pick the locks? And I had the, the fourth thought. I was like, well, isn't that hard? Like, how do you do it? And he, he started reaching. And he reached for a pen. And I had a Sharpie in my hand. And I handed him the Sharpie. And I got the poster that was for the event. And I gave it to him. And he drew me a diagram for how to pick a lock. <laughs> and he signed it to Matt with all of the houses safely locked. <laughs> and now, when I travel, <laughs> I make sure to carry a light pack. You've been listening to True Story, our theme music is from Daniel Steinbach's album, The Blade. To comment on this podcast, or to listen to any of our previous stories, you can find us in iTunes or at truestorytime.org. Everyone, I hardly know you, but when something comes and grabs a hold, take the hands that open up. A life that's led is something gold. I've been alone, I've been solo, I've been in love before, I've been in love.